Isaiah 11, 1 through 10, which can be found on page 562 in your pew Bibles or 1077 in the large print. Before we read, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day that you have made. And God, as we um, are in a season of preparation, preparing for Christmas Day, whether we are making travel plans or menu plans or decoration plans or party plans, we're doing a lot of preparing. We ask that during this time that you would be preparing us, not only for Christmas Day, but that we would be prepared now to meet you when you come. Lord, we pray that you would give us um, ears this morning to hear your message to us for this day. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what, is, what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. While the breath of his lips, he will, with the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together. And a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together. And the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. In that day, the Lord will reach out his hand a second time to reclaim the surviving remnant of his people from Assyria from Lower Egypt, from Upper Egypt, from Cush, from Elam, from Babylonia, from Hamath, and from the islands of the Mediterranean. I went a little bit too far, and that's okay. Romans chapter 13. Romans 13. Verses 8 through 14. And as we have seen, the, everything after chapter 11, we start in with chapter 12, and it is how we live now in light of what we know about who God is and what he has done for us in Jesus. Looking then at Romans 13, starting verse 8. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And do this understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. 
So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, as we have mentioned a number of times this morning already, we are in the season of Advent, which Advent means coming. And so as we are preparing for uh, Christmas, even this December, we are also, which by the way, if you haven't looked at a calendar recently, it's probably closer than you expect. But not only are we preparing for this Christmas day uh, that approaches, but we're also preparing for the time, not just when Jesus, to celebrate when he came the first time, but when Jesus comes again. And we have been looking at the kingdom of heaven and what this uh, kingdom of heaven looks like. And I will tell you that there's some different understandings of the time frame of the kingdom of heaven within various Christian teachings. So there's some Christians who believe that the kingdom of heaven is something that was totally in the past. And, And that's just how it is. But that's not really part of it anymore. There are others who teach that it is totally in the future, that we haven't gotten there yet, but someday that will happen. But I think the, uh, the better way of viewing it is what I see much more clearly throughout the Bible and even in the teachings of Jesus, which is the kingdom is already here and not yet completely here. So it's already here, but it's not yet consummated. And so you might think of it in the way in which um, if you go to a concert and the opening act has already begun, but the main act has not yet gotten on stage. And so, has the concert begun? Well, yes, but I'm still looking forward to the the big thing. Or if you have a uh, multi-course meal, and they bring out the first course, has the meal begun? Yes, but I'm still awaiting the main dish. And so, the Uh, The kingdom of heaven, as we have looked throughout the fall as what the kingdom of heaven is like, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like this. Well, for the rest of Advent, we'll be looking at three parables that Jesus tells where he talks about what the kingdom of heaven will be like when it is consummated. So as we look forward to his coming again, this is what uh, what we are reading about now. And uh, as with the other parables he tells, some of this takes a bit of cultural translation. This is Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13. Jesus says, At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. While they are on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. 
But he replied, Truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. As I said, this is one of those parables that requires a bit of cultural translation, as that's not generally the way we celebrate weddings anymore. So, uh, do a bit of that right up front, which is the way that this would happen, and kind of the scene that we should have in our minds here, is that the bride and the groom are in separate houses, the bride still with her parents, and the groom on his own, and that he would come with his friends, and he would go and he would get the bride from her house, and then they would all process through the streets at night with their torches and lamps, and then they would go on to his house where they would have their new home together as a family, and there would be a great celebration. And this is the scene that's sort of in mind here, in view. And this is a parable that Jesus tells, by the way, in answer to his disciples, who ask a question at the beginning of chapter 24. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? In other words, the kingdom of heaven that is here now, what's it going to look like when it's really fully here? And when's that going to happen? What are the signs? What should we be looking for? And do you notice that in this parable that Jesus tells, he doesn't say, here's what you need to look for, because when you see these things, then you'll know the time is near. There are other places he says that, not here. Because the point of this particular parable is that even though you will see signs of it coming, it will still catch you by surprise. Unless, unless you're awake, watching, ready. Let me tell you some of the, some of the things that Jesus' second coming has different from the time that he came the first time. When he came, the first time he came in humility, as a baby. When he comes, the second time he comes in power as a king. When he came the first time, he came hidden in obscurity. When he comes again, he will come with trumpets blaring, and everyone will know. So there are some things that are very different. When he came the first time, he came to bear the judgment. The second time, he will come to bring the judgment. So differences. But in some ways, there is a similarity. For example, when he came the first time, When he came the first time, should people have known he was coming? Should people have been living in anticipation of his arrival, ready for him to show up at any moment? They should have. God had told them again and again and again throughout the whole of the Old Testament and prophet after prophet after prophet. When he came, were they ready? Mostly, no. There were some who were. And you see, as you read in uh, the Christmas stories in Luke 2, you see uh, Anna and Simeon in the temple. And it's this, uh, this older man and older woman who are in the temple praying every day, 
And when they bring Jesus to the temple, they recognize him. They recognize him because they have been watching and waiting, because they have believed that God would do what he said he was going to do. And they didn't think that that meant, well, someday, eventually he will, but not today. Today is too ordinary. Today is too normal. But they knew that God could keep his promise a thousand years from now, or he could keep it today. We have all experienced, most likely, we've all experienced uh, tragic events in our lives, either personally or in a community, where the day of that tragedy started just like every other day. And it totally caught us off guard and by surprise. Because we always think we'll see it coming. And usually we don't see it coming. And what Jesus says is when he comes, it's going to be like that. But we know it in advance. And so we know what to do and how to prepare and what to be looking forward to. When the bridegroom arrives, some are there and some are not. Why were they there? Why were they not there? It tells us because some were wise and some were foolish. But the difference in their wisdom and their folly was that some believed he was actually coming, even if there was a delay. And the others seemed like they had it going on. They showed up. They had their lamps. But they weren't really in it for the long haul. And we find out at the end that these are those who didn't really know him anyway. So why were they there? Was it just to seem like a fun evening event? We'll just go hang out with the other bridesmaids, these other young ladies, these other virgins. We'll just go hang out with them. A night of staying out late, talking in the streets, chatting away, but not actually being prepared for the groom who's coming. There are a lot of reasons why people might come to church. To associate with other people in town, community, to be friends with each other, which is it's good. But there is a real danger in coming to church and, and missing the Savior. Of making it through all the outward signs and never having the work of transformation on the inside. And of having Jesus show up and him saying, I never knew you. And at that point, you can't say, but I knew all of your closest friends. I never knew you. Jesus, in answering his disciples' question of when he will come and what will be the sign of his coming, the only indication he gives us the time here is therefore keep watch. You do not know the day or the hour. And 
What he's saying here is we need to always be ready. In school, you may be familiar with the uh, final exams and pop quizzes. And if you're like a lot of students, final exams were more manageable because you knew when they were coming, and so you could wait until just before and then do all of your studying that you're supposed to do all semester long. You cram then, and then you go in and you fool the teacher. They think you knew all your stuff. But then there are pop quizzes, which are much less pleasant because they're less predictable. <laughs> but those are the ones that show, are you really engaging the material all the way through, or are you just trying to put on a good show at the end? What Jesus is saying is, if you're expecting this to be like the final exam, which it will be a final exam in one sense, but if you're expecting it to be like a final exam and that there's a date on the calendar and you can just put it off until then, always thinking, there's more time, there's more time, there's more time. Just don't wait. The time is now. Today, today, today is always how the Bible talks about um, how we need to be walking with Jesus. Not planning to walk with him later, but walking with him today. This walking with him, reading our Bibles daily, praying daily, in every moment, looking for the ways in which uh, what God is saying to us today actually affects the way we're living today as we talk with him and walk with him through the joys that we experience, through the sorrows that we experience, through the temptations that we face, and even how we address the sin that we fall into. Through all of it, it's walking with him and letting him change us again and again. Today. Not later. Today. That at the end, whenever that comes for each of us individually, or whether it comes for us all together when he comes again, that on that day, rather than saying, I don't know you. We'd be able to say, welcome home. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.